Good morning. Welcome to this assembly where our focus continues to be on what the Bible says. Our conviction is God gave us His Word. We can open it and read it and understand it and then use it in life to be followers of Christ who want to go to heaven. I have my Bible open this morning to Micah chapter 7 verses 18 and 19. Micah chapter 7 verses 18 and 19. I'm going to read this as an example of God's compassion that is fully realized in one's response to the gospel of Christ. Micah 7, 18 and 19. See, in His Word, God tells us that we have sinned, but then He says we can be forgiven. God makes statements like this. Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression for the remnant of His inheritance? He does not retain His anger forever because He delights in steadfast love. He will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. You will cast all your sins into the depths of the sea. God, in His compassion, caused Micah to write that about forgiveness. Forgiveness, which is described here as pardoning iniquity. Explanation. In pardoning sin, God absolves the sinner from the condemnation of sin when the sinner responds obediently to Christ. God takes the penitent, obedient believer out of sin into Christ where the pardoned respondent can have a new life as a follower of Christ. Now, you've just heard the gospel in summary fashion. God is compassionate. He is a God of grace, willing to give us what we can't earn based on the person and work of Jesus Christ. Let me make certain we understand. This is not something I've conceived myself or borrowed from a man or a group of men. Listen, please, in Romans chapter 3, verses 23 to 26. Romans 3, 23 to 26. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, <clears throat> whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in His divine forbearance He has passed over former sins. It was to show His righteousness at the present time so that He might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So there it is, the gospel. 
Before coming to Christ, we are guilty of sin from which we cannot rescue ourselves on our own. God is willing to justify us by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. But who receives that gift? Verse 26 says, The one who has faith in Jesus. And this faith must be active. We already know that because the Roman letter begins by affirming the obedience of faith. Romans 1, 5. So, from the pages of Scripture, this is the gospel. And it connects to the compassion and willingness to forgive Micah described in Micah 7, 18 and 19. But someone might inquire, what if after my faith is activated in repentance and baptism, I slip up, I transgress, I'm guilty of sin again? The answer is given by John in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Again, this is God making the promise on His gracious terms. So, we're not going to go home yet. Brother Berkeley, what is the problem? Well, the problem is certainly not in understanding what is written in Micah 7, 18 and 19, filled out in gospel terms in Romans 3, 23 to 26. And for those who transgress after baptism, 1 John 1, 9, the problem is not in understanding that. And once convicted of it, the problem is not receiving the gift through repentance and baptism. I tell you, for some people, the problem is fully accepting God's forgiveness. I mean, there are people who read exactly what I've read from the same source, same passages. They understand what the words mean. They comply with the command to repent and be baptized, yet they continue to hang on to remorse. The joy of salvation, they never really get hold of. They continue to feel guilty, and they emotionally punish themselves after being pardoned by God. It is a form of self-punishment that God has no part in. I'm going to speak to that today. There is this lingering doubt apparent in some... And it is not that uncommon to wonder or to question, am I really forgiven? You'll hear people say, I really was a sinner. Oh, you don't know. I did some awful things. My life was 180 degrees away from God. I was aligned with the devil. I did his bidding on and on and regret is expressed. And the question comes up, am I really forgiven? Stay with me this morning, please. There are three questions I'm going to use to address this. Three questions. Can God forgive me? Well, this question is easily answered 
if there is belief in the integrity of Scripture. God can do whatever He wills to do, and He can do it perfectly. Believers in God know very well God can forgive sinners. He has said that's what He wants to do. God can forgive sinners who are willing to give up their sin and meet God's terms. I want to give you time to open to Psalm 115. Psalm 115. Our question is, can God do this? Can God forgive sin? Can God forgive me to make it personal? Are you there? This is Psalm 115, and I'm going to read to us verses 1 to 3. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. Why should the nation say, where is this God? Our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. He does all that he pleases. God, the creator, has the power and the will to do whatever he pleases. I'm going to add to this now, Jeremiah chapter 10, verses 12 and 13. Jeremiah chapter 10, 12 and 13. Let there be no doubt that if we accept Scripture as God's word, one discovery we make is the absolute sovereignty of God. It is he who made the earth by his power, who established the world by his wisdom, and by his understanding stretched out the heavens. When he utters his voice, there is tumult of waters in the heavens. And he makes the mist rise from the ends of the earth. He makes lightning for the rain, and he brings forth the wind from his storehouses. Now stop and think. If God can do all this, if God can make the earth and create human beings in his own image, create and control weather, keep the universe operating, and raise Jesus from the dead, he can forgive you of your sins. The question is simple, and the answer is clear. Yes, God can forgive me. Question number two. Has God forgiven me? Now, question number one was working on it from God's end. But question number two, has God forgiven me, must bring into account whether or not I've responded to God. Just here we have to bring into account what we have done as sinners in our response to God. See, there is no automatic blanket forgiveness conferred on people who have no remorse and will not repent. If you want to stay in sin and you don't want to listen to the gospel, you're not interested in, in repentance and baptism, God doesn't just reach over there and snatch you out of sin against your will and confer forgiveness on you and throw it, cram it down your throat. That's not the way it works. This may be what some folks have imagined, but it's a false concept thoroughly. So when the question is, has God forgiven me? The answer must consider what we have done upon hearing 
the gospel. I'm going to take you to Acts 2.38, familiar passage. When the apostle Peter preached the gospel, after Jesus was raised from the dead on the day of Pentecost in Jerusalem, Acts 2. <clears throat> Did Peter just stand up and say to the Jewish crowd, Okay, folks, Jesus died and was raised from the dead. It's over now. You're all forgiven. No matter what you do, just go home and enjoy your forgiveness and go to heaven. No. The apostles preached forgiveness of sins based on the death of Christ. But then they said, sinners must respond. Are you there at Acts 2.38? Repent and be baptized, every one of you. It was not automatic. Those seeking the forgiveness of their sins had to respond. It was conditional. They had to receive what was offered and keep what was offered by the activity of their faith day to day. Now, do you recall the passage I read earlier from 1 John? I want you to listen to it again in 1 John 1, 8, and 9. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do you believe that? So understanding the conditional nature of divine forgiveness, the answer to the second question is, yes, if you have met the conditions God gave to be forgiven. Initially, when you repent and you're baptized, having confessed your faith in Christ... You are a recipient of forgiveness. After that, when you sin, John teaches a penitent confession must be made to be cleansed from unrighteousness. So the first question is answered clearly from God's description of Himself in the Word of God. Yes, God has the power of pardon. He can forgive sinners. He's willing to forgive sinners. That's why He sent Jesus to die. The answer to the second question depends on whether or not you have responded and are responding. Number three. Do I agree with God? Does it... Anybody want to disagree with God here today? If God says, yes, I'll forgive you <clears throat> on these conditions, and you have met these conditions, if you agree with God, you should know right now you are forgiven. And you should embrace that. Without any trace of doubt, you should embrace it. Because God said it. God gave the terms. You met the terms. You were cleansed by the blood of Christ. As you continue to walk by faith, you are forgiven. And when you sin, you do what John said. You're a recipient of forgiveness. Don't punish yourself. 
God said He would forgive you when you met the conditions. If you've met those conditions as a believer, you should not punish yourself with any haunting doubt. You are a recipient of forgiveness. Turn, please, to that passage I read again from Micah. This is what God communicated through Micah. Do you remember this? Who is a God like you? Pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance. He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love. He will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. He will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. I'm going to say something now. That will sound strange at first. But I promise it's connected to our subject in this passage. And I'll explain what I mean when I say it. Don't go fishing. If you suffer from unjustified guilt, if you just can't let go of remorse over sins, the Bible says God has forgiven. Just stop that. Don't go fishing for sins God has forgiven. Embrace His promise of forgiveness. This says here in Micah, He will tread our iniquities underfoot. Don't dig up what God has buried. There's no value to it. Don't dig up what God has buried. And it says, He will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. Don't go fishing for those sins God put in the sea. Don't go fishing. Don't dig up what God has buried. If God has forgiven you on the conditions or terms He has specified that you've complied with and are complying with, He doesn't want you to remember what He has forgotten and forgiven. Psalm 32, 1 and 2 speaks to this. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, <clears throat> whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. You know what we're talking about this morning is not a theological mystery or anything. It is just simple. When we sin, we are guilty before God. When we turn from sin to God on His terms, it can be said we are forgiven, sin is covered, it no longer counts against us. If God doesn't count it against us, neither should we. That's the thrust of this sermon. That release from guilt is called forgiveness or pardon, and David wants us to know that it is a great blessing for the Lord to no longer consider us guilty. That's forgiveness. Think of a burden lifted. Think of having a new start. No longer guilty. Sin breaks you down. Sin hurts us. It hurts the Father. 
Sin creates pain for us because God is grieved, yes. But once God's terms are accepted and the gospel says you are forgiven, don't go fishing back into the guilt of what God said he's pardoned. No longer guilty. In a small town in the south, during the Great Depression, there was a doctor widely known for his skill and hard work and kindness and his care for his patients. After his death, when his books were examined by the family, there were many accounts which had written across them in red ink by the doctor, forgiven, too poor to pay. Some of his family were not as merciful as the doctor. So an effort was made to go back and open those books up and collect those fees with interest. And so they sued in court those patients, former patients. The judge looked over the papers and he asked the family with the paper in front, he said, is that the doctor's signature? They said, yes. The judge shook his head and said, in this case, there is not a court in the land that can collect one penny of this money because he has plainly written forgiven on these accounts. This is his signature. It bears his authority. He had the right to forgive these de debts. It stands as written by the doctor, case dismissed. Those who trust and obey Jesus Christ and live their lives in Him and for Him have written on the books, forgiven. No man on earth grants forgiveness. God does, based on your response to Jesus Christ initially and then after that. One of the great writers of a generation ago on subjects like this, C.S. Lewis, said, I think that if God forgives us, we must forgive ourselves. Otherwise, it is almost like setting up ourselves as a higher tribunal than Him. That's it. That's what we're working at this morning. Now, there may be some in this audience who are in doubt and bothered and troubled by their sin because they've not responded to God's terms. <clears throat> so let's take a moment or two now and notice what God's terms are. Hearing the gospel of Christ, who He is and what He did for you, Believing in Jesus Christ, repenting of your sin, confessing your faith in Him, 
then you can be buried with Christ in baptism and be forgiven of your sin. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity and in whose spirit there is no guile. If you've been baptized, but you have fallen back into the old ways of sin, <clears throat> John says, a penitent confession sincerely offered to God will put you back in God's favor. If you've not obeyed the gospel initially, being buried with him in baptism to be forgiven, now is the time while we stand together to sing.